Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. I'm Erica. Hey, I'm Steve. And today we're going to be talking about 70s slashers. We're going to be talking about A Bay of Blood, Deep Red, and Eaten Alive. Alive. I was trying to remember the order that the they Toby came Hooper out The Toby Hooper Eaten Alive. Yeah, not the cannibal one. Tubes! <laughs> so, enjoy the episode. That was Dylan's first disclaimer. He was like, it's not the cannibal one. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I I've seen the cannibal one. It's, I think it's pretty a pop. A it's from 1980, movie, right? Yeah, it's from 1980. So the first movie we're going to talk about is *A Bay of Blood*. It's also known as *Twitch of the Death Nerve*. Um, the it was Death re- Nerve. Or Death, Death Nerve. Death Nerve. That's weird. Yeah, it was released under both titles in the U.S. You know what it probably was? They probably didn't translate it properly to English because it shouldn't be of the Death Nerve. It should be of the Dead Nerve. I don't know. Because Dead Nerve's Twitch. I'm not a translator. I couldn't tell you. But uh, the movie was directed by Mario Bava. Um, Can you say his name one more time? I just love that last name, Bava. Mario Bava. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the movie is a what I would probably say the first like modern slasher. Yeah. Um, it, it has like all the essence of what like the eighty slasher did, but in a in a more serious manner. I think. Um, you know, with, like, the kid, like, well, okay, so it doesn't focus around teenagers so much, it's, like, a bunch of different people being killed, mm-hmm. um, all for the point of getting the land. Prime real estate. Yeah. Which is the, <laughs> this, it's the most important reason It's slasher monopoly. Anybody. It is. But, it's, like, uh, it's kind of, like, a mystery, it's really fun, like, cause it's, like, it, like, reveals slowly who's doing what and why. What, what I... Yeah, t- typical Jallo fashion. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Uh, I think this movie was super successful for what it was, and, uh, I just want to state that, like, no woman would actually wear that dress that that girl was wearing where you could see her panties. Right? Broomhilda? Like, Broomhilda! Yeah! <laughs> Nobody would wear that dress, girl. Come on. So that's what I took away from the movie the most was that you could see her underwear the whole time. And I'm like, you know what? You know, you know what's the biggest cardinal sin is the fact that she went swimming in there. Yeah, she was dead right then. Well, right what's then and there. okay? What's what I thought was interesting about this movie is uh, we've covered like the early American slashers like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth. It's 13th. very yeah. different. It's different, but it you could see the similarities. It's like the stepping stones but to get to that. What I think is funny about it is like when we do these episodes, we do research on the movies we're covering and. You know, when we covered Friday the 13th, I don't remember if it was part two or part four. It is part like, two. Where, no, no. That I, I know that the kill is taken from oh, okay, part two. Okay. But, um, I mean, like, that movie was credited as being the one that set up the whole, like, oh, if you go skinny dipping, you're going to die. But really, but this, yeah, movie yeah, did yeah. It, really did it, this movie did it, like, prior. over ten years before. Also, mm-hmm. like, when we covered Halloween... It said that this Halloween was the first movie to show, like, through the, kill- through the, the point of view the killer, of the killer's which perspective. Which this movie also did. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to go back and watch these. But I think in that case, it's it's more so not that they were the first, but, you know, um, not everybody is watching Italian horror films. You know what yeah. I mean? And, like, when they're looking at American horror films, they might not be aware of what's going on in other countries. Which I think... Um, you know, I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with saying maybe, like, oh, it's the first and being wrong about that, but um, it could be the first American movie that, that went that route, maybe, but um, I think that this movie did 
did the story, the slasher storyline, the standard slasher, a, a lot better than a lot of the well, American 80s slashers. I think what made it Which more, is good, because I usually don't like Italian horror, because I can't get past, like, the fake voices and yeah. shit. It, like, ugh. The dubbed over. That's that's the hard thing. I, I think, I think D- Deep Red did a great job yes. with that. I, I love Italian horror, and I, obviously Steven does too, and that's something, that's one of my biggest pet peeves with it. because you guys are fucking it, Italians. Is the dubbed over. <laughs> I want some Irish horror. Get me some Irish movie what makers that, movie that make Killer Horror. The Hollows? The Hollows was good, drink but not the of, other Hollows. Drink There's a bunch of, of Jameson and watch people do cartwheels and fucking kilts. There's some <laughs> real Irish horror for you. Come on, Irish movie makers, make me some Irish horror movies. But what I think what made this movie a lot, like it set it apart from like the 80s American slashers that it kind of was inspired by was this movie was very much a transition movie. So you had the slasher elements to it, but the story was, it felt like straight out of the 60s or the 40s, like those type of era where it's like a revenge story and then there's like... It's like like a mystery There's like, yeah, and there's Mm -hmm. trying, the whole like, the whole entire plot revolving around like killing them to get the real estate, that's something that you'd see in like a fucking... 1940s, yeah. yeah. Well, it's very much, what Stephen was saying, it's very much like, it's that giallo style and it's very different than like... It's cool how it's very old fashioned but very modern at the same time, Uh, you know, it, it is literally what I feel that the 80s slashers that everybody loves and knows and keeps in their heart dearly. I feel like this is literally where they all stemmed from. I mean... Yeah, no, it's... The other thing, like, Dylan was saying, like, it's kind of like that transitional, um, that transitional style, but I think where it's, it's stronger than those is most of those transitional movies that we've discussed, especially, like, I'm trying to think of, like, some of the earlier ones when we just did all of those, the decade month, we were talking, there was, like, a couple of them that were, like, that transitional... Where you could feel very modern, but you could feel they were... Yeah, and it was, like... Yeah, but, like, the transitional, like, some of the transitional films to me are Mm -hmm. very, like, they're kind of, they're a little bit boring, because they're not, it's like they're not quite there. Yeah, they're not quite there. And I don't think that this, I think that this movie was, was, uh, hit it, though. Like, I don't think that it missed anything with that. I don't think think it was. was, very strong. Um, what Steven was bringing up before, uh, with the Friday the 13th thing was, there were, two kills in this movie that were recreated in Friday the 13th Part 1 and 2. And you can see that it were, happening. It was like as scene, soon as the mm-hmm. scene starts, you're like, oh, I know what kill this is going to be. Were, they were reenacted <laughs> almost scene for scene. Like, yep. Um, part 2 with the spear going through both of them. Was that Part 2? Yeah. Yeah. Like when it shows the spear come out the bottom of the bed, like mm-hmm. that exact shot is in Friday I, the 13th That scene blew my mind because after they got stabbed, I feel like they were still doing it. Yeah, because they were, like, twitching around. It's, <laughs> it's, like, like, yeah. it's like they're still going at it. <laughs> Which is funny, because this, this kill scene showed way more than in Friday the 13th. I think it has it, a lot to do with, like, American censors, though. Oh, yeah. 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 And then, actually, um, another kill was also in Part 2. So you remember the guy in the wheelchair that takes a uh, fall down a flight of stairs, but he's got the, got the, the cleaver the and, the yeah, in his face? Yeah, yeah that's, See, that's exactly what... done. I see that one. It reminded me of that kill, the wheelchair one. But I also was reminded of um, in part one. I forget the girl's name. The one that dies in the bathroom. She gets like the axe to her head. Oh yeah, Kevin Bacon's girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that too. But I mean, it's cool that you see the influences from this movie, especially since it came out like 
almost 10 years I think prior. it's important, too, to know that, like, in Italian horror, there's a lot less censor- censorship. And, like, um, when I was reading about um, Dario Argento last night, and he legitimately says that, uh, like, there's, like, a quote from him, and it says that it, it's extremely um, interesting that people censor, and it's very sad that they censor someone's art so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it was directly talking about how the movies are censored in America. And we did notice that with uh, Deep Red is that the Italian version is, like, 20 minutes longer. Well, that's, that's for a different reason. Yeah, but, like, that. like what I'm saying, though, is that, like, it got trans- it, it comes over and they're cutting stuff out from the original art. Argento. Whether it's because... Argento is the one that cut Deep Red, though. Like, he cut it himself. Okay, but, like, I'm just saying in general, when the movies come over from other countries especially Italy, I think that the brutality in Italy and, and the amount of gore that they choose to show is a little... At the time, I think now, like... I think now it's... Fuck it, fuck it, I, I, gore. I, even I don't now, know, though, England, England is, like... England has got to be the worst. Like, the UK would, is the worst for censoring shit. I would say, uh... <clears throat> the most brutal movies that I've seen come out recently have come from France. Yep. The French Ra- Raw was them. French. Yeah, Raw was so good. That Raw, was really but you good. have like I high tension. It was like, insanely brutal, like Raw, but it was it was it was just a very well made movie. There was though. parts of it that was like uncomfortable, like her, like eating. Yeah. Like when she woke up and her like she like had she like killed her boyfriend by eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have like high tension? Definitely um, watch Raw if you haven't seen it. I know like subtitles are hard, but like that. It was, was like, worth really, it though, and the subtitles yeah. weren't bad. It was more of like it wasn't like a silent movie. Obviously, there's dialogue. There was not like a shit. Ton it's of not dialogue, a shit ton of so, dialogue. Like, you're not trying. Like if you're a slow reader, you can definitely keep up. Like I I read. So, I love reading, but I am a some somebody who like reads slow so that I can really absorb information. So if you're a slow reader, you can definitely keep up with this. But it's visually, visually, it's really awesome. Yeah, visually. So what are you guys going to rate Raw? No, I just, just, it's just like one of those things that come up and like, if I, like, I want to throw it out there, like, if you haven't seen it, just recommend it. Like, it's good. Um. It's, it's in the fucking category of foreign movies for good. One thing that I, 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 one complaint that I had about A Bay of Blood was, and I have it, I'm like back and forth with. From Hilda? No. The no, smiling just, car. Brumhilda was a babe. Okay. Was she was she Italian? Like I looked at her and I just thought like leader no, was like she's she German. Was, she's gotta be. Yeah, no, she's definitely of like she's from German, Germany. Norway. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sure called that one. That's that those are my people. I'm from Germany. Like my whole family well no, that's not true. We're, we just sound German with our name, but we're not. <laughs> it's kinda Irish. fucked up because the Irish. one guy. The one guy's like, yeah, you get the kraut, girl. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> they, yeah, I felt bad for her. She got, okay, in this movie, there's two two girls and two, like, they're teenagers. Like, they're going off in the woods to fuck or something. But <laughs> Is that what they do? Yeah, that's what all teenagers do in the woods. Didn't you know that? No. Um, but they're going off into the woods to, you know, do whatever they're going to do. You know, what if they're playing manhunt and you're just were assuming? Were they playing manhunt when they got stabbed in the bed? No, they weren't. They I'm just saying they could have. But been. the the one, both of the boys wanted the same girl. It seemed like, and like they just ditched Broomhilda. They're like, bye, slut. That's fucked up. <laughs> no, you know what it is. It's like was it she was like wild was and she wanted to go swimming, and they weren't about it. And she's like, yo, fuck you guys, I'm going swimming. Yeah, but it was obvious that both boys wanted the same girl. Like, it was super obvious. Like, they were both all about, uh, whatever her name was. 
Yeah, I don't know that that one guy that looked like a fucking. The best way I could describe him is a lamb with his hair. He was just oh he was so awkward. <laughs> no, I love the part where they're like dancing inside, and he's like, dancing, and he's like dancing like, around. So bad. Him. <coughs> oh yeah, it's so cringy. Like I'm a bad dance. Oh guys, if you want to see somebody dance, you got to see Steven at my wedding. That was oh yeah, yo Steven, oh. Steven broke it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Your Uncle Rob was busting some moves. Dude, dude. Uncle Rob always dances. Dude, like, I was fucking grooving last night to the Deep Red. Oh the my deep god, red, that fucking right? jazz soundtrack. Once it slaps, <laughs> I was like, yo, still in once stop. that theme slaps, dude, yeah, forget about it. But uh, now, I, Stephen th- had to just throw in the really Italian <laughs> tagline. By the way, if nobody else caught that, forget about it. He was it. like, forget about <laughs> it. Forget about it. <laughs> uh, one thing that took me out of this movie a little bit, and I, I feel like it's... The complaint that I have with a lot of Giallos is, like, it, it leaves in a lot of... I don't know. It, it's dull at times. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's very... Yeah. And I feel like it's because they are very story-driven, or they try to be story-driven, and it's, like... They want a lot of information that's not necessary. Like, it's thrown in there, but it's not really... It doesn't have to be. Yeah. 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 There's a it's lot of characters, these, like, too, in this movie. It, like, a lot of characters that are not oh, fully developed. And, it's yeah. like, and, and I think that adds to the... Well, that's like, why If you're going to have all these, these characters... And I don't remember what movie it is. We just talked about a movie recently where, like, they had a ton, of, a shit ton of characters, but they were all really well-developed. Um, I can't remember what movie it was. Night of the Living Dead. Yep. Night of the Living Dead had, a, like, six main characters, but they were all developed really well. Um, this movie doesn't develop all of the characters as well. It's a little confusing, and then you forget who's who, and like, it's just it's it's just very strange. Well, that was but my thing with it. It's cause... really good though. Like, it's it, it's solid, but it can be confusing. Like, you really need to pay attention, and like, so don't watch it in Italian. Like, definitely watch it in English if you don't speak Italian, because that's stupid. <laughs> you would not know what's going on. Dude, the, the real estate thing, I feel, would be would not would not cross over. The one dude, Simon, looked like Dexter Morgan. The guy who was, who, who, wait, what was he? He was, like, the girl's father's illegitimate son or something like that. Yeah. Every time he was on the screen, I started, like, humming the Dexter sound, like, the Dexter theme. (laughs) He lived in, like, a shack, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was a fisherman. Yo, I love how fucking cool he was with pulling up a body that just had... And, like, slapping a freaking squid on top of it. (laughs) That was, okay, that was the coolest reveal of a dead body ever. Like I had to walk out of the room. When she, like, um, threw it open, and it's, like, her dad is, like, he's, like, blue. He's so dead. And, like, there's just, like, this, like, she saw, there was a tarp over the boat, and she saw something moving, and she just lifted the tarp up, and it's a squid on her dad's dead face. But wasn't it revealed that she was the one that killed him? She didn't kill her father. But she, she, what, at the end, she said, um... It was, it's perfect that he was killed because it made, um, it, it proved that he wasn't a murderer. He wasn't a murderer. No, so Simon, Simon killed the dad because, because he didn't knew, accept him, right? No, well, not just that, but he knew of Frank's girlfriend, him having an affair with her, because Frank sent his, his secretary in to try to persuade him oh, to the sell the property. With the, yeah, with the yeah. thin eyebrows. So Simon already kind of knew about what was going on, so that's why he did it as soon as, because uh, as soon as the guy killed his mother, that's when Simon moved in and killed him, mm-hmm. I believe, and then dumped his body in the water, which makes sense, because he's a fisherman, so mm-hmm. he was already out doing his shit anyways, and then once he realized it stayed afloat, that's why he tried to cover it up. So there and was, then, like, multiple killers yeah. in this movie. It wasn't oh, yeah, movie. definitely. There, uh, was... there were so many... 
and, and that's it, where you get I think lost. That's, that, that's that's exactly what lost means. That's what I'm saying. Is like they and it, it, and, and then they tried guilty in in a it's like Clue. It's seriously like fucking Clue. Yeah. But the, Should we explain the plot? Because I feel like we kind of if you want into to, it. if you want to, because like I, okay, I that's what I'm it. saying is I was lost in it, and it's I think that had a lot to do with well, it because whole, you get to you get down to the point where the last ten minutes of the movie, it's like no, I think the last ten minutes of the movie, it's like. This person is killer. This person is killer. And here's their motive. And here's their motive. And this is their motive. And this is why they're here. Yeah, I feel like everybody's (laughs) killing certain people for certain reasons. And, like, the the main killers, to my understanding, in this movie is the redheaded girl, right? Renata. Yeah. Yeah. And the old guy that looks like he'd be a doctor of some sort. Yeah. And um, he doesn't seem to want to kill. I feel like she's kind of like, like, you've got to do it. You know, you've got to do what you got to do. And she's just killing anybody who could possibly see them there. Because oh, yeah, because she wants the inheritance from her father. She wants the inheritance from her father who's already dead because she yeah. wants to She wants to start – she wants to finish what he had started where they are developing the bay to be like a resort location is what it seems like. Is that, mm-hmm. is that accurate? So she yeah. starts killing people so that she can get the pro- all the property around the bay so that she can develop it. And then the, all the teenagers just died because they were there. They got killed because they could have seen it. Yeah, exactly. And Claudio is actually the one, or Claudio, I'm sorry, I'm saying the actual name. Um, Simon is the one that killed the teenagers. So, yeah, basically it was a potential resort property that um, Frank wanted to buy. He's a real estate agent. But nobody and else the wanted old, to sell. The, the old woman wasn't willing to sell, so he tried to convince the husband. So that's when he sent in his secretary. So then the husband kills the old woman to make it look like a suicide. Then that's when Simon kind of finds out, but he's already kind of working in a deal with Frank where he'll get a nice cut of the, if it's being sold, like a nice cut of cash. And yeah, so there's all these intertwining stories that revolve around the bay because clearly it's valuable. And then you've got a couple that lives there named Paolo and Anna. One is a bug collector. The other... Oh yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah, I thought he said bug yeah. collector. I'm yeah, not even like lying. No, she's a goth. Goth. She's goth. She's an OG goth. Okay. She actually she's like reminds a me like of a cat, <laughs> but yeah. So they live on the property too. And wait, is that the one that I kept calling Helena Bonham Carter? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's led to believe that Paolo's actually one of the killers. When really they just kind of, they're just kind of caught in this crossfire of like this property war, pretty much. Prime real estate. Yeah, prime real estate is the motive for the killing. It's wild, man. Yeah. Now, this movie, I will say, uh, it was shot really nice. Like, it was filmed really... It was um, filmed really nice. No, no, I just... This is the one where it fades in and out every time it switches to... Yes, uh, that was one of my biggest complaints. The quality that I watched was pretty good. No, 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 it was like the transition. The transition. Yeah. Zoom in and it'll blurry, and then it'll come out and be blurry and, like, slowly clear. I... Yeah. It was just, it, it, but that, I mean, that was my I only, like that, though. No, I, I hated it. Really? I hated it, and it, it, this, this is the reason why. They did it every transition. No, yeah. they it did. It was super but... obvious, and it's like, okay, oh, we're coding to a new scene. It's like... I kind of like, it's kind of like chapters, though. That's why I, I, don't, I don't know. I kind of look at it like chapters, and I think it fits with this because it's it does have a lot of that, like, mystery feel to it. It does. So it's kind of like, it's like transitional me, it like in, a like, a cheap. chapter sort of thing. <laughs> you know me, what I mean? it just felt like a tre- cheap transition. Like, it was just, like, laziness. Eh. I don't know. Well, I don't... So... I feel like it was probably popular at the time to do that. To, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's also different film styles, too. Mm-hmm. I just mean, like, the... 
I don't mean the transition the scenes, but like the filming, the cinematography, some of the shots that they had got. And they're nice. Yeah, I mean, it was um, done well. I like I the be- abandoned nightclub. I believe that I read... Well, there's one scene, too, where it's like shown from up in the rafters. I don't remember if it was Brumilda that it was showing, but she like walks <clears> in <throat> and it just... It's this wide shot of just like the entire room and she's just right in the middle. And that... I thought that that was a really creepy scene, but um... I, I think this is the movie that I had read because of the tight budget Mario Baba had to do all the cinematography himself so he directed and did the cinematography and that's I pretty think, impressive and I believe hold on I'm fact checking fact checking myself here I think all of the sets that they used in locations and stuff were all like owned by um if he owns all the locations... The shooting locations didn't have woods, so Mario Bava created them by setting up tree branches to pass through the camera shots. According to Laura Betty, the trickery would look so silly during shooting that the cast and crew would often laugh hysterically. Um, I mean, it came across really legitimate. The film's so. low budget resulted in Mario Bava being his own cinematographer. He had to utilize a simple child wagon for the film's many tracking shots. Which I will say, I thought that was pretty genius at the time. Was like the tracking, or like the, almost like the chasing shots yeah. of like the killer. It was very um, due to, here. This is it. Due to the film's low budget, most of the locations in the film belong to director Mario Bava or members of the crew. The interiors of Countess Federica's home was shot <coughs> at a favorite villa of Bava's, and the interiors of Frank Ventura's country house were shot at a summer house owned by a producer. It is Mario Bava's. Favorite film that he's made. Um, one of the re-releases titled the movie as Last House on the Left Part 2, even though it had nothing to do with Last House on the Left, and it was released before Last House on the Left. That's so weird. The The ending of the movie... I love that, that kind of took I me. love the last line where they're like, wow, <laughs> Mommy and Daddy played dead great. <laughs> I feel like that part... Like came cool. out of nowhere. <laughs> it was very favorites. random. It was very dark though, and I was kind of like, yeah. "That's ambitious for its time." Yeah. And then they're like, let's, let's go, go play, play by the water. water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking devil kids. Who did you part. guys think was like, like first starting off? Like, who did you think the killer was going to be? Uh, Porno McGee. <laughs> Frank. Who? Frank. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was okay. a porn guy. The guy that looked like he was in porn, you know, with the grease-backed hair and the ugly chain necklace. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. I don't know. I couldn't really guess because they just kept throwing characters at me. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty difficult. Yeah. I'm not Did anybody lie. love the car that smiled? Yes. It was so cute. Yeah. The what? The car that the teenagers drove in on, like, they did, after oh. all of the teenagers were killed, they did, like, a I close-up of the front of it, and it was, like, <laughs> smiling, it has, like, these big bug eyes. I couldn't help but think of, like, Drake and Josh's, like, doom buggy. Yeah. yeah. Super funny. <laughs> Every time I looked at that. You want to yeah. do ratings? I feel like we really dissected this movie. Yeah. I mean, yes. do we dissect the movie, or do we dissect cheese danishes here? Uh, really only we're not there yet. <laughs> Stop bringing it up, Dylan. If you want to, ye- you're gonna yell at me, but you're gonna bring up food that's fucked up. I'll, I'm gonna rate it first. Okay, you rate it first. So we're rating at a ten still, right? We haven't changed anything. No, we're not gonna change it. Yeah, it's always at a ten. Well, we're, yeah, what? What? Maybe we'll do like Favorite star video. ratings today. You know, fuck it. No. Um, no, we only do star ratings when we do Universal movies because they're <clears> they're you know the golden era. Um, but. And that is a fact. We do do that, so. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, 
back to what I was gonna say. Um, I think that um, A Bay of Blood was fun. Uh, I love that Broomhilda died. Uh, I love that everybody died. I love that the kids survived and killed their parents. I thought that was fun. Um, I didn't like Porno McGee. He was weird and creepy, and I feel like he probably <coughs> had a lot of money, and that's why girls slept with him. Um, Did you like 70, 70s Dexter? Yeah, I like 70s Dexter. Simon, I feel like he's the only one that I didn't like blame for killing people because like he got like the boot, you know? Like He didn't deserve it. He's a fisherman. He he minds his own business, and his dad treated him like shit. That's not fair. Um, because he was a whore bag, I think. Right? He was like cheating on his mom. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You don't do that shit. Um, but all in all, I think that this movie was really cool. Uh, it has interesting kills, which isn't usually like my first go-to in horror. Like it's fine. Like it doesn't need to be super gruesome as long as it has a good tone. Um, but this movie did really good makeup um, and effects, uh, and uh, I think that it's. I definitely have to say that it's got to be the reason for all of the American slashers in the 80s. So, I mean, you can't really rate it low if it inspired that much um, of what we know as horror. So I think I'd give it like an 8.2 out of 10. That's a really good rating, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Next! Um, Go on, Italiano. Over her. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um... It is kind of that transition-y kind of movie, but I think it's done in a totally different, totally different level that makes it, like, extremely successful to me. Like, I thought it was very well done. Um, I did like the way that it was shot. I know that Sierra hated the transitions, but I didn't mind them. I thought they were pretty good. Um, it was just, like, overall, it's, it, it was a solid movie. I mean, I don't think that there was too much that you could really pick apart from it, other than it was, it's, it's a little confusing. And you have to pay attention, um, because it does kind of jump around a little bit, so you kind of, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know what I would give it. Um, Well, you better figure it out pretty fucking quick. I'm going to go with an eight. Why are are all the actors in these movies hairy? Because they're they're Italian. Italian. Is that like part of being Italian, like you're just a hairy beast? Mm-hmm. Basically, because like yeah. that amount of chest hair would literally make me vomit. <laughs> Steven, what are you gonna rate it? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to give it a solid eight. Um, it is a well-respected movie. Um, for setting up what we know today as your typical slasher, you know, it really does set up a lot of the rules, or not uh, the rules, yes, but I guess the way uh, certain kills or shot and everything and i gotta respect that um yes it is it is a jallo and uh you know they're all about murder mystery my only thing is is the story is intertwined so much because you've got so many characters where i think like you know argento really mastered the whole um jallo genre where it's more a straightforward kind of thing of who the killer is yeah it's a little easier to understand and digest whereas this one it's just it's really a lot of intertwining characters and it's easy to get lost but if you can follow yeah kind of yeah not not a bad comparison but as long as you can really follow through you'll thoroughly enjoy it 
I think it's a well-respected, you know, film, and I think Mario Bava is clearly a well-respected director, so a solid A, you know, it's not my favorite, but I do respect the shit out of it, and there is a lot I do admire, like, that fucking hatchet to the face, or cleaver, whatever, awesome, like, for 1971, that effect was done so well, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm with Sierra, the transitions totally took me out of it, though, that blurry, that was, like, my biggest complaint. Yeah, it was really weird, because it's, like, you knew the scene was, like, yeah, it was just felt awkward for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you rated it that low because usually you like hate these movies. Oh, that I rated it that high or that high? Yeah, my bad. Uh, I think that the reason why this one doesn't bother me because like I feel like Italian horror movies they really take me out, and the reason being is usually the dubbing. Yeah. Like this movie wasn't terrible with it, and um, it also had a very like. I feel like it had a very similar feel to, like, American Horror, um, which is, like, it's nothing against Italy. I think Italy's really cool and probably beautiful, and I'd love to visit there one day. But I just, like, <clears throat> taste-wise, I just really like American... I like the 70s slasher, the American 70s slashers, not the American 80s slashers so much. But it just that's had a really similar vibe for me, so I think that's why it was rated high for me. Um... I'm going to rate this a little bit lower, and I'm going to give it a... Cocksucker. Uh, yeah. Wow. It escalated. I'm going to give it, like, a 6.8. What? Okay. I'll accept it. I'm um, not getting myself all worked up over this shit. <laughs> it, it, it was a little hard to follow, and it... Like, well, I, you gotta respect it for being an influence on newer movies that doesn't... I'm like a ditz head, and I could follow this shit. It bounces around. It does, but I could follow it. Like, I knew the storyline, and I probably fell asleep halfway through it. <laughs> I could see how it could take someone out of the film, though. I do. Yeah. And I was when I was watching this movie, I was watching it with someone who doesn't... Who has minimal experience with horror. And I was kind of like, yo, what'd you think? And they actually enjoyed it. I guess they like intricate storylines, so it worked out in that person's favor. I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad movie by any means. It was just, well, you gotta respect it for influencing later movies. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that I enjoyed it as much as the later movies. I'm not actually mad at you, Dylan. I just think it's No, I know. I'm just... Okay, I just want to make sure that you know, like, I'm not being crazy. (laughs) I just think it's funny to mess with you and, like, that's kind of my thing. Like... I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. No, you didn't hurt my feelings. No, it... You didn't have any feelings. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have feelings. It's true. Um... I mean, it, it was good. The kills were great. For the time, the effects were awesome, and it kind of was... I, I'm going to say shocking because, you know, just coming out of the 60s, you didn't get gore and kills like that. Um, this is probably the earliest movie that I've seen that throws that kind of stuff in there. I love Mario Bava, but this wasn't my favorite of his movies. So. What other ones did he do? Black Sunday. Oh, I love Black Sunday! <laughs> that movie was solid. Um, Ooh, Black Sunday was so... Oh, it's so different. Yeah. 
Black Sunday was like well. Black Sunday also came out eleven yeah. years before this. Yeah, so. no, Black Sunday was so good for its time because it had. That's one of the ones that was like it was like universal, but it was super modern at the same time. Mm-hmm. That one was really. I feel like Bob was, was edgy at the time. Good job, Bob. I love you. I feel like he does a good job of like transitioning between the older movies and the newer movies. Well, you, see it in you this, can see I, a clear yeah. transition. Okay. I think that this is a relevant conversation to have while we're talking about Baba. You can see a clear transition looking at Black Sunday as, like, Black Sunday has a straight universal feel, but there's, like, edgy, edgier kills than what they would do in a, in a universal monster movie. Um, and it's very dark and gothic. And this is, like, very much 1970s slasher. Like, this is, like, a standard for slashers. And those two films are totally different. So you can definitely see that he, as an artist, transitioned from Black Sunday to A Bay of Blood. That's crazy. I didn't realize that he was the guy that did Black Sunday. That's mm-hmm. nuts. Good job. Yep. That's, that's impressive, Baba. Very impressive. Is he is he dead? Yeah. His son went on to make movies. Uh, him, His son actually went on to do with Dario Genter's uh, Dario Gento, uh, they did some films together, and one of them being Demons, which is pretty solid. Mm. I enjoy Demons. When did he fun. die, Baba? Because, like, he was making movies in the 60s, so he's an old fart. Yeah, I want to say maybe the 80s. Um, I can tell you right now. I could be wrong. Fact check me. 1980. Okay. Rest in so. peace, Baba. Thank you for leaving us with magic. So, I mean, he did this movie... Nine years before he passed away. That's so sad. All the greats are dying. Or have been dead for a long time. Baba. Yeah. Alright, so, Dylan. Or, or right, yeah, average yeah, rating. Average is a 7.8. I think that's alright. Okay. Yeah, that's good. You, you, you said that's good. Yeah. Just try it mm. one more time. Not fair? You don't feel it? I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I fucking hate when you don't say your catchphrase. It throws me I'm off. Sorry. Okay, next we're going to discuss Deep Red, which I fell asleep for. So, <laughs> um, but I'm going to say this because I this is probably going to be my only addition to this. I watched like the first like hour and fifteen minutes. No, it's, it's, it's a long one. I really liked it, and I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was super duper edgy for its time with bringing in the the guy that dresses like a woman. Uh, I feel like that's super edgy for the seventies, like. You know, like, I feel like even today, people get, like, a little weird about shit like that. Um, I also think that they did the best job that I have seen with an Italian horror movie dubbing into English. But it did take us forever to find an English copy of this movie. Yeah. Dylan, you... You, yeah, or yeah, Siri, so, do you guys want to give a little backstory on that? Because that yeah, threw me so off. we were trying to find a version of this movie, and I when I looked into the movie when we were talking about doing it, I saw that it was two hours and six minutes long. So every copy that I was finding was two hours and six minutes long, but it was like Either mostly in straight in Italian, Italian yeah. or it was in um, it was half Italian, half English. And it was weird some though. Some characters were dubbed somewhere in Italian, and they were speaking to each other. And it, but it was weird because it was like. They'd be talking Italian, and then mid-sentence, they'd start talking English, and I was like, what the fuck is this? So, And every version that I found of that, there were no subtitles for the Italian parts. So we had to Google which version was released in full English, and then find it. Yeah, and, so uh, the movie... You have to find a specific cover for it to be the English version. <laughs> so... The uh, the movie we rented a few versions of this movie last night. Yeah, that's and, so uh, crazy. <laughs> and all of the um, thanks Amazon. English in all of the English speaking 
releases for this. It's like 26 25 mi- minutes yeah, shorter. 26 minutes were cut out, and they were actually cut out by Dario Argento. It was just like which, additional um, information that wasn't necessary. It wasn't. I wouldn't even say that. So he cut out... Um, so what he cut out from the English releases was there was a lot of gore that was cut. Um, there was a whole romance subplot with... Uh, I can't remember the names of the two main characters. The one that Daria Nicolati played and the one that... The main fucking dude in the movie. You know yeah, I... Um, there was also more to the plot with the little girl in the house. Um, so it was, like, small stuff like that. But watching the movie, we watched... We ended up watching the cut one because I didn't see a point in watching a movie where 26 minutes of it, I didn't even know what they were talking about. Yeah. So we watched the cut version of the movie and... You you don't lose any of the story. Yeah, like, it doesn't I was still, feel like it's cut down. It doesn't feel like there's anything that's not explained. Like something's missing. But you can see deliver. unless you fall asleep in the last thirty minutes. <laughs> you can see some choppy parts though, where like uh, it's very clear. Like they'll be in the middle of a sentence, and it'll just cut to a different. <clears throat> it scene. doesn't transition well. Yeah. So it, but you like you know what that's from because when I I started watching this movie without Sierra. Um, because we were originally supposed to record yesterday, and Sierra was at work. So I started watching it, and I watched the one that was in both Italian and English, and I was about 30 minutes in when I stopped watching it. And then when we rented it, the part, that I, left, like the part that I left off on was 20 minutes into the movie. So there's 10 minutes cut out right, right in the beginning, beginning yeah. but you can see those spot, spots where like they're talking, and it just cuts to a different thing, which it didn't bother me too much, but... I I was still able to follow the movie. Yeah, and see, this was news to me because I I have um, this movie on Blu-ray from Blue Underground release, and it's an hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah, that's the cut version. Yeah, and I had no idea that a different cut of this existed. I was just so used to seeing yeah, this version. Yeah, the full cut was never translated to English, and I and and I think that's why it's very. It's like if you look up the movie, majority the Italian version will come up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't find the full version in English. So if you know Italian, check out the full version. <laughs> I mean, version be... I watched, I don't know, I don't even know how long it was. It was in Italian and English, but there were subtitles. See, we couldn't find a subtitle. But I don't know if they were dubbed over. I want to say in... that I thought I got it off iTunes, but then I was thinking about it, and one of them I got off iTunes, and then I don't know where I got the other. I think I got the other one off of, uh... The one that was English and Italian was the full two hours. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it would be worth... I, so I might the full version of it. It might be worth throwing on one day. The uncut <laughs> one is on YouTube. So maybe it was on there. But the uncut one, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind throwing it on one day and just seeing if I could spot differences in the scenes. Because there were, like, um one of the things that I... One of the scenes I noticed was different was when Carlo was talking to... I gotta look up the main character's name. I'm terrible with names. I'm horrible. I can't remember any of them, so... <laughs> Um, Marcus is the the main guy, and then yeah, yeah. when Carlo G- and Marcus Gianna, are talking, you know yeah. when they're having the uh, the conversation where it shows the uh, the fountain or the statue. Yeah, he's like, oh, I saw a picture, but it wasn't there, and he's like, oh, maybe there was some importance to it. That scene was a lot longer of them going back and forth, and that was the perfect example of like they were speaking in what English the and then they're speaking you said Italian. That there's and... a part where the girl walks in and she just screams no really randomly, but they cut that out in the American version. <laughs> no, it wasn't. She screamed no. It was like uh, when Daria Nicolati's character Gianna she walks in when she's because she's a reporter in the movie. When she first walks into the crime scene, like, 
all everybody like runs at her. And then in the American one, she walks in and they're just like, oh, how'd you find out about this? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's small stuff like, it's small stuff like that that it didn't really take away from the movie too much. I, like I said, I wouldn't mind throwing on the uncut version just to see. Just to see it. I mean, if they cut out the gore and stuff, which I'm curious to see what they cut out because this movie didn't, uh, like, it, it wasn't tame by any means mm-hmm. like there there were some brutal parts to it and it's also the return of goblin actually it's the first movie because it came out before suspiria yes so yeah this is the first movie with goblin and it was actually this is one that was marketed as suspiria too because of how well suspiria did in the states but it actually came out two years prior prior that's still in fact but i still because i wanted to sound like i could be part of the conversation <laughs> no yeah, i hate goblin. the la la la's they scare me <laughs> like they Goblin scare the fuck out of me because it just makes me think of like it makes me think of um, um, Linda in Evil Dead for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> or like creepy kid lullabies, like that freaks me out too. Like I have terrible, terrible fucking PTSD from fucking daycare. Yo, I like those shots of like the doll and shit with Goblin playing in the background, so where like you know the killer is about to go off and do something. That theme slaps so you hard. You know what I thought was interesting in this movie, too, is that the, the, lull, the song was, like, they used it in the movie as, like, a song that, like, was, rec- right? Because mm-hmm. they were, like, talking yeah. about how it's a children's song in the movie, but it was a song written by Goblin for the soundtrack, but, like, they made it, like, they worked that into the into plot it, yeah. line. It's not just, like, background music for us. It's music that they heard when the murderer, right, when they were killing. He, yeah, the murder. yeah. yeah, I took a lot from it, even though I fell asleep. <laughs> It wasn't that the movie was bad, guys. It just... My bedtime's early. Should we kind of... Again, we jumped in a bit. Should we kind of explain the plot? All right, so... There is this psychic woman. The movie starts out with a psychic woman who is having, like... um, Yeah, Helga, I think her name is. And they're kind of having a demonstration of, like, her abilities. And uh, she... I guess her abilities is she could, like, kind of pick up people's thoughts and shit. Sorry, I'm adjusting my mic. Hold on. No, you're good. I'm a little tangled up in my blankets. Okay. So, she ends up picking... She starts freaking out because she picks up someone's thoughts. And she was saying, like, you have killed before and you will kill again. So then we get a shot of someone leaving, which you're, you're led to believe is the killer. And then she gets murdered. And then it becomes the whole setup for a jalo. Like, well... Who killed this woman and who's the suspect and all that. So there's like a pianist and a reporter trying to figure it out and they keep getting clues. And then it's revealed that Carlo's mother, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, Carlo's mother is actually the killer. I'm, I'm glad they cleared that up because I was kind of like confused that... What's the, the guy's name's Marcus? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like so fine with, he's like, oh, Carlo's the killer. But meanwhile, he's standing right by Carlo when he was watching Helga get murdered. Because exactly. Because he the murder. So yeah. I'm like, wait a second, that makes yeah. no sense at all. <laughs> and it's that cool would have been because really they funny do. If they just missed that and just kept Carlos as the, as the murderer. They really do reveal the killer right in the, be- almost towards the beginning. And it, it, if you pay attention to the, the moving picture where he looks at the, he thinks it's a picture and it's really not, mm-hmm. or something. Like it, if you catch it, like there's the killer right there, which I think is really interesting because, like, I don't think films at that time had like, you know, 
really done something like that where they just reveal the killer, but you need to catch it. Yeah, I I completely missed it. So well, plus I, the whole thing hinted to it. I mean, like the first scene you see is uh, a child and shadows in the background, and you can. It, to me, I thought it was very clear that it was a woman killing a man in the shadows. So I feel yeah. like they revealed it very early on, like very early. Like, literally the first thing you see in the movie is, like, uh, it's very obvious that there is a woman killer, not a man. Um, but you don't necessarily know how those characters connect with the rest See, of for them. me, it was just, I, I had no clue. I had no That's idea. You don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't pay attention. Coming from the one that fell asleep twice. It's not my <clears throat> fault I fell asleep. It's your fault I fell asleep. So, I, I was, I don't really want to say surprised, because it. I don't know. It, it wasn't a big reveal for me. It was kind of just like, oh, okay, that's the killer. Yeah. But it was still, it didn't take away from it. It was still a good movie. Um, Is that why Carlos was such a downer? Probably. He watched his mom kill his dad. Oh, exactly that. <laughs> and then, like, he's in the closet about his sexuality, and he's just a real alcoholic. going on there, okay? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, Carlos is a very in-depth and deep character, if you think about it. I love the fucking scene. I had the TV turned up like full blast, and Sierra was passed out snoring through this soundtrack. And this soundtrack is fucking loud ass jazz music. It is loud as shit. And I was like, I was almost laughing because the the part fucking homeboy climbs up the side of a house and just starts hitting the fucking side of the house with a pickaxe. Marcus finds out there's this secret room in this house, so he's like taking down the wall, but he's just like hanging on the side of the house with a pickaxe and there's this like fucking groovy ass bass guitar playing and shit and I'm just like and Sirius just like deep sleep snoring. I was like, how the fuck are you sleeping through this? <laughs> Dude, her and Kyle, man, they that body though, them. like when he find when he oh, tries yeah. to find yeah. so fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah, and typical Jallo fashion too. We get, like, we get the shot of the black leather gloves grabbing some kind of weapon. Like yeah, in, every Yeah. Every Jallo, you will see like the killer wearing black leather gloves. Were they black gloves. leather gloves? The... I thought it was red gloves. The OJ Simpson. No, gloves. it was I'm red sorry. boots. That's right. It was red boots. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that's the like killer a wasn't wearing red boots. The main guy was wearing red shoes. <laughs> the OJ Simpson gloves. I thought yeah. that there was going to be some significance to the guy, to the main character. Like the, that was the only thing that threw me off is that when I when it first shows um what's his name Marcus mm-hmm. yeah they show him and he's wearing these like red shoes like really noticeably red shoes and I was like oh maybe he's the killer like you know like it's like you know red blood murder. yeah and I was like oh maybe they're like doing that and being like um you know sneaking in hints there and I thought that would have been really cool but no <laughs> again it didn't really take away too much from it for me what um, the red boots I, I yeah, love that the, it flies hell I love that like one of the most me iconic boots. things from this movie is the doll and the doll's literally only in like one scene. I know yeah. <laughs> that that totally fooled me because when I first saw the trailer for this I saw the doll and I was like oh man that's fucking creepy as shit so I thought the doll would have some kind of more involvement and it's literally just that one scene, but yeah, it's... James Wan used that as inspiration for the saw puppet, how it like rolls in and does the creepy laugh. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so I thought that was cool, but still an awesome scene, though. Mm-hmm. I'm dying. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in so much pain right now. <laughs> but yeah, I. I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about the movie. I, I'll say, yeah, this movie though, it's it's pretty brutal with some of the scenes like i love the beheading 
And of course, oh yeah. We get... Moral of this story is: do not wear jewelry if you're on a killing spree. Yeah. I texted Erica that after we watched it. I was like, Siri, you didn't, you fell asleep, so you didn't see. But the way, so Carlo's mom goes after Marcus at the end because he finds out like she's the killer. Yeah, and she like goes to lunge at him, and she has this like necklace with a big jewel on it on. And you know those elevators that used to have like the cage door? Mm-hmm. It gets stuck in the cage part. So Marcus hits the elevator button, and the elevator goes down, and it starts, like, choking her, and it just, like... Cuts... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. And we get that time. that classic Argento blood color, which I can't help but love. It's just a nice, it's like vibrant boring. red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was... Was... And that Carlos sad about his mom. He died before that. Yeah, oh. it is kind of a tragic fucking. There was like he like runs out. And was his boyfriend okay? I don't know. He runs out. Uh, was his boyfriend okay? He was like running from the cops, and this garbage truck was going by, and there was like a hook on the end of it, and it like got his leg. Right. He was getting dragged behind the uh, truck. Yeah. I mean, he was like trying to kill Marcus. So. Yo, I just want to know. I didn't think it was fucking possible for someone to have, like, their water get that hot. <laughs> With a bathtub scene? Yeah. I was like, Jesus. Maybe yo, they that got... was before they, like, added in the temperature the controls. regulators, yeah. Because, yeah. like, okay. you can change the temperature yeah, they... of water based on your water heater. Like, you can my change mom's... how hot or cold it gets. My mom's old house, the shower, if you turn the hot water the on. The one? Yeah. Dude, you would get fucking, like, well... Scalded. Scalded. My mom's, yeah. wow. my mom's literally comes out boiling. Yeah. Like, if that's you throw crazy. it in a pot, it'll fucking, it'll burn the shit out of you bad. Yeah, that's You'll how. get blisters. Yeah, she I got, got fucking PTSD cooked. I got that shit, too. Which, I wonder if that inspired Halloween, too, because that's a kill. Yeah, and in Halloween, too, uh, Michael Myers takes in one nurse, and he, like, puts her in, like, the hot tub, but he, like, turns up. He, like, breaks the pressure gauge, yeah. so it goes, like, super hot, and... I thought that scene was pretty fucking... I thought the, the blistering effect was awesome. Like, it looks legit. Um, I can do that. <laughs> this was another one. Uh, the the uh, cinematography and, like, the filming was really well done. What um, was up with the building with the people who didn't move? Hmm? Remember when they... when. When Marcus runs into Carlos and he's like drinking, and like in the beginning, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a building behind them, there's but like nobody's a diner. Moving. There's a diner, and I was like, are those people even real? Because like they literally were there's sitting. There's like a, like a ten minute. Yeah. yeah, there's a ten minute scene, and they're just sitting there. Like they don't move at all, and I was like, like I wonder if the background was like still framed. I don't know. That was was very interesting. It might have been like um like a window, like you know, like um like mannequins in a window, but I don't know. I did love this set in that area where, like, Carlo and uh, Marcus are talking, and it shows, like, the structures and architect in that area. It's actually very beautiful. I feel like it had a surreal feel to it, especially with the mannequins in the background. Oh, I forgot to say (laughs) a fun fact I found about, uh, it's not really about A Bay of Blood, but it kind of is. So, the guy who played Simon, um, Claudio Camasso, Mm -hmm. I found this fact on him, hang on. Okay. On the evening of the 26th of July, 1977... He mortally stabbed Vincenzo Maza during a quarrel in Campo de Fiori in Rome. Then he made himself scarce, and only ten days later he gave himself up to the police. During his detention while awaiting trial in the early morning of the 16th of ni- September 1977, he hanged himself in his cell so he in prison. So he killed somebody in real life? Yes. He was 37 wow. years old. Yeah. 
I don't know why I just thought of that, but <laughs> back to Deep Red. Yeah, that's um, crazy, though. That, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, this is another one. The, the filming's great. Um, I, I don't know. I really didn't it's have... To, it's solid. Yeah. <laughs> don't go there. Dan. I don't think I'm going to rate it because I didn't finish it, and I just don't think my rating would be fair anyway. There is a part where they reveal, when they reveal the dead body, there's like this weird theme, and it's literally just like fifths. And I we like I remember in when I was in college and studying music. Um, oh, you're teacher, talking music. I thought he was yeah, talking yeah. liquor. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, our teacher was like, you know, teaching us something about like the the fifth pattern. So he starts playing it, and I just couldn't help but yell out loud. I was like, "Deep red," and he was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, there's this fucking Italian horror movie called Deep Red, and, like, that is used in it. And he's like, really? So I pulled it up for him and the trailer, and everyone in my class was kind of like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, like, the theme is in there, and it's literally just a pattern of fifths, but it actually sounds pretty creepy. It's the, it, it's the, when it shows, yeah. like, the dead body. Yeah, that's, that's literally just fifths. And I was like, duh, that's so simple, but effective. It is. I, I, I'll say that, of if we're like, I don't want to compare too much, but I would preferred Goblin's soundtrack on Suspiria. Absolutely, I I couldn't do the. <laughs> it was still good though. The music, too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. The music not, on this not to is... that of, not it's very different. Yeah, but there's la la la's. It's like the same. <laughs> there's la la la's. Who sings with like nobody actually sings la 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 except Goblin. Nora. <laughs> Goblin. <Tom> Goblin. <laughs> patented that shit. Nora. Nora does. Nora does it because Goblin did it first. Hipster. Fucking, Fucking hipster. Kid. Let's rate Deep Red. I'm, I just told you I'm not going to Okay, I'll go. I really liked it. It's Argento. I had to. Um, not really, though. Uh, it's it's a solid movie. I think that, um, like Dylan was just saying, and I kind of, it's stuck in my head, so I'm going to go with it. Um... The soundtrack is definitely not as... It's a great soundtrack, and I think it fits this movie well. I just don't think that it's as, as strong of a soundtrack as uh, as what they did for Suspiria, but that's just because... Away, it kind of took away from the horror for me. A little really? Bit. I, I think that it kind of made it a little bit more like... In a sense, like... And I a lot of movies do this, though. It's not just this. It's like the, the music kind of gives it away. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's kind of like... It's not a horror soundtrack to me. Like, at times it is. I think that it gives it more of a mystery vibe, which I think is appropriate for the storyline it is in this I think movie. it, yeah, like I said, I think it fits it. In this in this particular movie, I think it fits it. I don't I don't think that it's as strong as what they did for Suspiria. I think Suspiria is a much darker movie, which needs a much darker... Story. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, it's I, it, they're right, different. Like, they're very Suspiria different movies. Suspiria is, like, culty and weird, and, like, this mm-hmm. is just, Suspiria like... Suspiria is a fucking <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, like, I'm not saying it negatively. Like, I'm saying culty and weird is a good thing, but, like, this one is, is a, it's a mystery more so than even a horror. I liked it, though. So I think that the music didn't necessarily need to be horror movie soundtrack. It needed to be a mystery movie soundtrack more so. Yeah, Because but, the whole point of the movie is, who done it? Yeah, but the fucking... Crazy loud ass jazz music. You loved like, it. You were dancing. I was dancing. You don't Lost dance. It. I, was <laughs> you were, you were dancing. I brought Don't's my phone out because here. he always records me really embarrassing moments. So I was like, gonna go record. Sarah's trying so hard to get you back. I'm so slow though. It's like I was like, 
Yeah, it was just like the slow. It was like she was moving in slow motion while I'm like throwing down these fucking groovy ass dance moves. Oh no, no. they were terrible. <laughs> you can't dance, dude. I sent this to Dylan last night, and I just oh, need what, to show it to you. Hold on, I'm not done yet. I showed her. It literally looks just like you. Yeah, Finn looks like me when I was a baby, dude. He looks like you as an adult. Um, discussing the fact that my children don't look like me, but they look like everybody else. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that this, I think that it's a really good movie. I really did enjoy it. Um, again, it's like, I can, I can see where it's like, obviously it's its own film and I I tried to appreciate it on its own film, but it's kind of hard for me because of my obsession with Suspiria not to kind of go back to that. Um, you gotta watch Inferno. I do. The second part. I do. I haven't. It's, like, not as good as Suspiria, but it has, like, certain elements. All I know is I keep seeing these, like, little leaks of the new one. I'm not impressed. And, exactly. I'm like, meh, I I, I have to go see it. Dakota Johnson has a vagina on her chest. Sure does, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. That would have came in handy in Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, back to my... (laughs) My my score on this one, I'm going to come in with this being another, I'm going to give it another, well, no, I'll give it an 8.5. Uh, yeah, I'll give it an 8.5. Okay. Guys, I'll be right back. I think I'm going to puke. Have okay. fun. <laughs> I guess I'll go next. Um, I am, I'm going to come in with an 8.5 as well. I, I do enjoy this movie. Uh, I think Goblin fucking slaps in this movie, to be honest. Of course, it's not as creepy as uh, Suspiria with the theme, but it's still fucking enjoyable. Like, for like when I mentioned before, when it gets the shot of, like, these random little baby dolls and, like, a weapon, and, like, the killer is getting ready to, like, go out and do their thing. Or I also like when, like, it shows, like, their eye, Carlo's mom's eye, and she's, like, putting the makeup on. I don't know. I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, I do love, you know... The signature Dario Gento blood. It had some pretty violent kills in this. I was all for that, of course. Uh, but I think Dario Argento gets better. His jowls get better. Like, if you guys get the chance to see Phenomena, which I lo- would love for us to cover sometime, yeah. I'm like, all right, he's mastered it. That's you the know, one with I, Jennifer Conley, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, also Donald, Donald Pleasance is in it, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, at that point, I felt like he really had mastered the whole Jalo like, genre. I felt like this was, like, his early first attempt, and then he got it once the 80s started hitting. All right. Um, the average score is going to be an 8.5, because I'm also going to give it an 8.5. That's okay. fair. <laughs> that works. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I feel like... Argento cutting 26 minutes out probably helped a lot because, like I said before, a big problem that I have with these giallos is that they kind of start to drag on a bit to where they get dull at times. And I feel like he cut out just enough to make it so that everything that was happening was relevant to the story. Um, It was a good mystery. It had some creepy parts to it. That elevator scene at the end was fucking gold. So, yeah, 8.5. Cool. So the last movie we're going to talk about is Eaten Alive from 1976. It was directed by Toby Hooper and written by Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel. T-Hoops! 
Um, I'll talk about this one. Two hoops is my man. Alright. Yeah, bitch. Um, this movie follows... Okay, I'm trying to think of how to how to go about this. A starts, young Jodie Foster. There's no young Jodie Foster, you fucking idiot. A young... Uh, 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 it uh, opens uh, with a Robin woman. <laughs> what it seems like is it's a whorehouse of some type. That's exactly what it Good is. Good old whorehouse. And, um, Played by Morticia Adams. No, she's it's owned by Morticia Adams, but it opens with a girl. Well, you said Miss Hattie is. Yeah. Um, it starts out with a girl who's seems to be prostituting herself and not really feeling so grand about it, and she's got uh, Freddy Krueger pressuring her into anal. I think. <laughs> he's like, he's like, um, my name's Buck, and I'm here to fuck. Which yeah. I, I instantly was like, Kill Bill. Yeah, Kill Bill. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, she ends up deciding that, like, it's not for her, she's gonna leave, and a nice lady gives her money and tells her to go stay at this motel, hotel, whatever. Holiday Inn. And they get there, and there's a creep living there that has a pet African crocodile. It's not an alligator, guys. Don't don't listen to what everyone's telling you. It is a African crocodile. And he, um, pretty much, uh, he'll whack you. With his little scythe, <laughs> and then throw you into the like, whack you, <laughs> and then he'll throw whacked. you into the lake pond thing with the African crocodile, and those things don't die. You gotta kill them. Yeah, and then like it just happens over and over again to a bunch of different people that come to this shicey ass hotel. That if you pulled up, you'd be like, "This, there's no way this shit's open. I'm leaving." <laughs> Yeah, so the whole movie kind of uh, shows these different people. Uh, the girl from the beginning's parents, or her dad and her sister, come looking for her. They stop in at the motel. Uh, family, who the mother's played by Marilyn Burns. Aw, Marilyn Burns. And rest in peace, sweetheart. Um, what a babe. Can we just talk about that for a time? Yeah, Marilyn she was actually Burns. a lot prettier in this one. So than, uh, gorgeous. So gorgeous. I love her. But it was weird. Why was she wearing... Why is, like, everybody having ridiculous curly wigs in this movie? I don't know. Shout out, Murphy. But, uh... Yeah, so... You kind of just get these, like... These people stopping by and... Getting fed to this dude's... African crocodile. Yeah. The little girl hides out almost the entire movie under the porch. So, I have heard a lot of negative stuff about this movie. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it's, um, okay, so when I hear T-Hoops, automatically, and I can talk about it on this episode because it's T-Hoops, I automatically am like, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fucking perfect movie. Whatever. No big deal. And then I see this, and it bums me out just a little bit because the sets are not real, and I think that's what I liked so much about um, Texas Chainsaw was that like, it's an indie film that he yeah. made. He went out, he, you know, he made it as cheap as he could and came out to be really cool. Um, this movie, you know, I feel like it was a little bit more of a tryhard. And um, he did it on a, on a soundstage, which gave this really, like, obviously fake illusion. Mm-hmm. Which Dylan said that that was purposeful. I don't think so. I think he was being lazy. And then he wanted to, like, be like, oh, hey, it was purposeful. But T-Hoops, I don't judge you. I still like you. And this movie was all right. So, and Marilyn Burns. See, I don't know if it was purposeful or not. But I think I enjoyed that aspect of it because it did feel very, like, surreal and dreamy. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole atmosphere of the movie felt dreamy to where... Nightmare-y. Nightmare-y and, like, 
other than like a few scenes like where it shows the bar and the police station and um miss hattie's you really don't see beyond this house yeah like exactly like and the outside that you see around it is very limited too it's like when you're in the hotel you're in the hotel or you're on the porch mm-hmm. um and there's like one scene where a girl escapes through the woods yeah, I love all the fog and like the red light from the sun. Yeah, that's, that was my thing too. Like it, it was giving me. My thought on the red light was I was wondering if they were using that to cover up that they were filming during the day. But um, if they were filming on a soundstage, I guess it wouldn't have mattered. No, it, so. I liked the whole red light thing. Um, <clears throat> we've well, talked about it a million times. I love like they were in the red light district. Yeah, I love the use of color. Uh, we've talked about it when we talk about. It. <coughs> Suspiria and stuff, yeah. so I really enjoyed it, and I think that red light also, one? I think the red light also added to, like, the, uh, the whole, like, dreamy, surreal feel to it. Dylan's not digging with the crunch. <laughs> so, uh... I'm sorry. <clears throat> I, I, I enjoyed it for that reason. I don't really think that took too much away from it. Um, I thought the whole, like, feeding it to the alligator thing was unique. It's actually inspired by a true story. Uh, there was a guy... Oh, really? Hang on, let me pull up the thing I was reading about it. Whenever people um, go away loosely based on, I think of that. Loosely based on the story of Joe Ball, also known as the Bluebeard from South Texas or the Alligator Man, from Elmendorf, Texas, sometime during after Prohibition ended. He owned a bar with an alligator pit serving as entertainment attraction. Several murders of women ensued, of which Joe Ball was suspected, but it was never proven that the flesh found in the pit was human flesh. However, Joe Ball committed suicide at his own bar in September 24th, 1938, when he was about to be arrested by the police in connection with the murders. Damn. Where can I throw this? So. This? It did have some, uh, true story behind it. This had a very Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe in the sense that, of course, it's Toby Hooper, but I look at it as, like, the dad from Texas Chainsaw Massacre played played <laughs> as, like, the dad, or the, the guy that runs the motel. The guy who that, runs the motel uh, that early on... Like an older it, yeah, it reminded me of, like, an old Chop Top. Just, okay, espe- yeah. Especially towards the beginning. Not really too much towards the end, but, like, in the beginning where he's, like, talking to himself and, like, yeah, 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 yeah. around Did you stuff. guys notice that he has Dan's old haircut? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <it. laughs> <laughs> Wrecked. I'm coming for you, Dan. Oh, um, shit. But, uh, I-, I thought it was a unique movie. I mean... Yeah, no. You I hear, you hear the premise and it's like, oh, there's a guy who's, like, killing people and feeding them to his alligator. And it's like... It sounds goofy, but it wasn't really... There were really... moments that were super brutal in this movie, too. I mean, when Like he, Snoopy um, getting eaten? Yeah. Snoopy getting eaten. That was, that was fucking fucked up, dude. And the I little like... girl saw it, so that was, yeah. Yeah, that was intense. Or when, like, she did a whole... good job like tra- being traumatized, like really playing that off, because like, well, they seemed genuine. Tell her, do you, did you know, recognize the little girl, Steven? No. You're going to know her, right? Didn't you say she was in... um? Um, Halloween. She was a little girl in Halloween. I thought you said. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. she some... played. Uh, she played Lindsay. Oh shit! Yeah. No way. I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, she played Andy Lindsay in Halloween. Paul called. <laughs> See, I told but uh, no, like you hear the the premise of the movie, and you're like, oh, this is going to be fucking cheesy and goofy, and especially Toby Hooper. Like, you don't really know what to expect going into his movies because he can have something 
like dark and twisted, like mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw. Or you light. could have something very light and cheesy, which Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's others, but yeah. Uh, but um, I think all in all, it's really interesting, and it, and I think that he does have a very lighthearted vibe in this as well. But it is still very dark and brutal. Um, I just think that he combined it. I think that it's really fucking. I hate fucking Robert Englund's character. <laughs> Like, oh, this motherfucker. I just love it because it's Robert England, you know. <laughs> Sierra's not a Robert England fan. Yeah, oh, I, like, yeah that's I, right. you're not. I don't know. I thought he was. There's been a couple movies where I'm just like, why? Like, I, you know that they just like pick him because. Like, okay, it's like, no, why? yeah, but I also feel like Robert England also only accepts roles because like, like. Like he, well, did, this was he does shitty movie. Like yeah, I know, but I'm like talking like more modern movies. He does shitty movies. Just to be like, yeah, I'm Freddy Krueger. Yeah, like, I You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Urban Legends? Hello. Come on, man. That... You did Urban Legends. <laughs> Behind the Mask? That was a good movie, though. Yeah, I know, but... That was I wasn't too impressed with his character in that. <laughs> he didn't really have a big role, either. I mean, and it was supposed to be, like, funny, so I guess that's... Yeah. He was in, uh, fucking Strangeland, too, the D. Snyder movie. His character was weird in that. Is he gonna be on that? D. Snyder's fucking weird. Is D. Snyder one that's gonna be at the horror convention? Yeah. I'm meeting D. Snyder. Fuck you. (laughs) Um, Tell me I can't. Some of the scenes, uh, it was said later on, were uh, actually directed by the cinematographer because there was a lot of creative differences between Toby Hooper and the producers for the movie. T Hoops? Yes, T Hoops. So I'm kind of curious to uh, what those differences were, but looking into it, there's not really too much um, on the movie itself. I feel like this was really like a under the radar not much to look into. Yeah, I don't think that um, it I don't know. I feel like Toby Hooper is another one who struck gold with like his first movie and then it was just like Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think this was too bad. We should do a Toby Hooper episode and just really jump into him because I'm very curious. It's it's decent enough for me to own it. I mean, like I no, I, I don't think know this movie's really good. Me. It's just very different. Yeah, I don't know what possessed me to buy it, but one day I was like, "Yo, you know what it was?" Actually, I saw uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd. I think he did one of covered this film because every October he would do this uh, all month long called Monster Madness, where for 31 mm-hmm. days he would review horror films. And I think this was one of them, and I just thought, hey, fuck it, it's a Toby Hooper film, yeah. I've never seen it, let me fucking go pick it up, because I found it for really cheap. And I enjoyed it, I mean, it, it's kind of cut and dry, you know, it's it's a very straightforward story. To me, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but except for, with the, instead of Leatherface, it's a fucking crocodile, in a sense, but <laughs> I, I still fuck They're both with ugly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, I do. I, 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 I think that there's a lot of really redeeming factors of this movie. I don't think it's T Hoop's best work, but um, I think that it's definitely solid. I definitely say check it out. Um, really good um, special effects, really good makeup. Um, the part where he takes a scythe to the father's neck, mm-hmm. oh, hell he's yeah. like leaning forward. That was fucking cool as hell. Um, he also ties Marilyn Burns to the to the bed, which like. It's fucking rapey and weird as shit. But the um, marks that they did, the makeup that they did around her ankles and and uh, wrists looked very legitimate and um, 
Like, they did a really good job with their special effects. You were cringing, too, when she got pushed off the Oh, my God, the yeah, and she's store. bleeding out of, the head, out, of the, out of her head, and she's, like, she's like crawling. crawling yeah. She survives at the end, but she's, like, crawling, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> she's, like, dragging herself looking for her daughter. I thought the... Marilyn yeah. Green is a badass. I thought the crocodile was well done, too. Like Yeah, yeah, it, definitely. It looks really creepy. I love the scenes... Uh, I wish that they used a real crocodile. I love the scenes where it showed the... Uh, Wait, like just the like part, do like meat in the water. That'd be cool. It was one of the yeah. parts where the uh, everything was lit red, and mm-hmm. it shows like the crocodile like coming in and out of the water, like kind of like also, floating there. I think another really cool scene was when the um, the girl spent like a good portion of the movie hiding under the porch, yeah. and um, it got to gets to the point where he's like, "I know I need to get this girl gone because like she's screaming for help. She's under screaming the porch, for help yeah. under the porch, and if the police come, like I'm fucked." So he like cuts open the um, the screen that's keeping the alligator from getting under the house, and he cuts it open and he's holding it open and there's like a whole chase scene of like the alligator like slowly moving through the tunnels under the house and she's like trying to hide and get away. Everything and, under the uh, move it. It was everything really cool. under the house was really tense. Like when he's crawling under mm-hmm. and he's like yeah. calling her and it's like it's really creepy. That's a huge part of the plot line is how he's gonna get rid of this little girl who's small enough to fit in small spaces and get yeah. around him, you know. Um, and, and she was a big risk for him because if she got out, he was fucked. But did they ever bring up the the girl who got away in the car? No, she just gets in the car, which that like t- that scene that totally like... reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where she's oh, like yeah, running yeah, through yeah, the yeah, foggy yeah, woods. At the end, yeah. and then at the end, it's like she comes out to the truck and all that. Yeah, but like, yeah. it's like you would have thought that it would have ended with the police showing up. Like, I guess it doesn't matter because they ended up throwing Jeb, Jeb, or Jub, Jud. Judd. Judd. Mm-hmm. Into the water and he gets eaten by the alligator or he falls in the water. It's a crocodile. Like African crocodile. African crocodile. But they all said he was crazy. Like, they were like, it's not a crocodile, it's an alligator. <laughs> you know? Yo, one scene I've got to fucking talk about before we wrap anything up. And that is when the dad is just sitting there in the chair and he is impersonating, <laughs> impersonating the fucking crocodile. And he's, like, doing this weird, like, barking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? I was fucking dying. Dude, he dying. fucking lost it at that point. Yeah. Right? It was just like, dude, this guy is so over it. Like, this guy's nuts, man. I just thought that was a, a silly scene to put in. Mm-hmm. And it to me, it's fucking gold because it's just so random. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's fucking... Oh, man. If you haven't... I had to rewind it, like, three times. <laughs> I'm not lying. Like, that shit was just like, whoa. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this movie's pretty straightforward. Like, You see a lot of boobies in it. Yes. There's Everybody except Marilyn Burns. Yeah, I was trying to avoid talking about titties, it's guys. Funny too, <laughs> it's funny, too, because, like, there's a scene where she's in the bathroom, t- like, about to take a bath, and she's sitting there with her feet in the bath still fully dressed. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, awkward, right? But, like, everybody, like, else, everybody else, you see titties. Like, whoa! Yeah, but who does that? Like, if you test the water before you get in the bathtub, are you going to stick both feet in fully clothed? The Maybe? one girl, the one girl, the, Maybe uh... Maybe her feet were just bugging her, and she was just, like, soaking her feet or something, I don't know. The sister... Like that, like she literally walks into a room, takes her shirt off, is standing there with no shirt on, and then like puts her shirt back on and walks out. I'm like, yeah. Was, was there really... any reason to this other than to just show tits? Also, yeah. Like, yeah. For the very opening scene too, the girl's wearing a cover, but it's like see through, so you see her boobs like literally first scene. The girl that Robert England ends up like hooking up with at the end, like there's like a close up of her boob, and Sarah starts laughing like a fucking child. <laughs> She's like, that's so funny. I was like, what's funny about it? She's like, it was a close up of a boob. I was like, yeah, it's hilarious. It was like it was almost no. Okay, the, the reason why it was funny to me is like 
I feel like he tried to film it very artfully. <laughs> and it's like it's like a side angle of a boob like But it's just really one. Up. Yeah, it's just the one boob, so it's like a mountain. It's, a <laughs> it's just mountain. one. No, I know what you, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was about. so funny. It's awful because it's like it's like it's like this way. Yeah, and you're not like it's it's the other always group is behind the camera, like the camera yeah. between the boobs. He was definitely he was trying to be like artistic about it and it was like just one it was like it's not even like it's like, oh look, there's tits. It's like no, there's one. What if that's the it's, just, it's a boob. Did you guys notice too during like the the like almost sex scene between Robert England and that girl, like Every time you saw, like, like they were, like, different. Like, they were yeah. Different. yeah. Like, he kept, like, flipping her over. He's a, he wants anal sex really fucking bad. But he kept, like, flipping her over, and then it would show them again, and they're not, like, they're, like, next to each other. Yeah. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, I'm so confused. This fucking movie. Robert Angel's a fucking creeper. Let's rate it. What are you giving us here? <clears throat> Six crunches. <laughs> I think it was really good. It's fun. It's, if you're looking for, like, a slasher that's different and unique, because this one, this breaks, like, normal standards of slasher. No, it's very it's different, very yeah. Um, you know, it's not the greatest slasher I've ever seen. It's There is, like, highly comical aspects to it. Um, there's a lot of undeveloped characters, but I don't think they needed to be, like, it, 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 they weren't important enough. They were, like, just body counts. Um so they didn't need to be developed, I yeah. feel. Um, I think it's quirky. Uh, definitely, It's fun. It's it's like a fun, like, if it's on TV, check it out. Check it but out. But, like, yeah. you know, I wouldn't... I'm not going to, like... I'll watch it again, probably, like, yearly or bi-yearly, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, I need to watch that movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's on, I'd definitely check it out. Um, I'd give it, like, a 6.5, 6.6-ish, somewhere there. Sierra so pretty sums pretty much summed it up like perfectly. Like if it's on, watch it. Or like if you just kind of like in the mood to watch a slasher, and it's not like it it's not like the seriously. slasher. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's kind of offbeat, but it's it's fun. It's definitely a fun little movie. It's mm-hmm. it's got its like little quirks, and it's it's, it's got a little like, yeah. It's not. It's, it's almost like Toby Hooper's like yeah. I can make like a really great scary slasher, but I want to make fun of myself a little bit. Yeah, no, it's it's fun, and it's that's I, I like movies like that though that are like it's a it's a horror movie. It is a slasher, but it's still like it's kind of fun to watch, and it's not like nobody's taking themselves too seriously. It's not too dreadful. Yeah, and uh, like Sarah said, there there are definitely a couple characters that um that are not developed, but there was really no need for them to be, and I don't think that that affects the movie at all. No. Um, it definitely had some low key vibes to Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, which I yeah. had just I told you I had just watched recently. So, um, I don't know. I think I'm going to come in a little higher than here, though. I'm going to think I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. It's like one of those good like middle ground movies. Mm. I mean, it's a little bit better than a middle ground, but it's still like I seen better kind of rated worse. Yeah. Before we do ratings, I just want to say something comparing this to the, like the Italian one. Okay. What you got, Steven? Um, I I think this is a pretty solid movie. Um, it's not too much in depth. It's pretty straightforward. It really does remind me of, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course, you know, it's Toby Hooper, so I'm sure you'll get that vibe. But, like, just take out Leatherface and stick a crocodile. But it works, though, because I... 
the crocodile was done really fucking good, mm-hmm. and I thoroughly enjoyed the involvement of the crocodile. What was that? I, I definitely this is uh, I'll agree with Sierra. Should like, you, like this is definitely a watch maybe once a year or bi yearly thing. Um, I think I'm gonna come in with a seven point two. Okay, on the up and up. Dylan's gonna come crashing down. <laughs> Give it a second. <laughs> no, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think that it was done right. Like, I, I feel like they took this story that they wanted to do and they didn't butcher it. Like, it could be a re- it could it could, it could be really un- bad. Really yeah, like funky. they could have had like a really shitty effect crocodile to where you're like, okay, that really was fucking stupid. Really shot yeah, this movie. Like, like you can't have like a kind of quirky. St- script and quirky story and then have really terrible actors to pursue it if you want it to have any serious exactly standing you it, know? it had the it had the right cast and the right tones to make it something that you could laugh at at times but at other times you're like okay this is pretty fucking tense um there were a lot of like missed opportunities that i i will say um i feel like that the alligator thing was interesting but i feel like it also kind of took away from like, the, really, the only kill that I could point out is the dad getting the scythe through the neck. But it was really kind of just, like, Judd chasing people and then pushing them into the alligator pit. Well, I don't know. No, because, like, think about it. Like, it wasn't a kill, but, like, there's, like, a ten-minute scene of him chasing Marilyn Burns. And he slashes her two or three times with the scythe. And then he pushes her off the through the banister of the stairs. Yeah. And, like, it causes her to be, like immobilized like you can't move but i mean like if you're if you're going from slasher like if you're if you want to watch a slasher normal like the norm is to have diverse the norm would be to have diverse kills where this it was very much like okay we need a body count so i'm just gonna push this person into the water now Mm -hmm. but um i do like that everybody had a reason for being at this inn. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like random people just showing up to mm-hmm. die. It wasn't there wasn't random people thrown in just to have a body count. Like yeah. there was a reason behind everything. I would have liked to see something uh at the part where they're at the bar and the chief and the sister go there and Buck's there. I would have liked to see like a like a revelation almost to where like they have maybe they have the picture of the sister and Buck points it out and like makes a comment about her being like the Kind of like putting all the pieces together. Yeah, since they ha- they they kind of set up for it, and then it almost feels missed. Um, but I, more of a climax, I guess. More of like a putting everything together at the end because they set these they set these opportunities up, and then they kind of just go, okay, well, we're just gonna have everybody go back to the inn instead of like making it a big thing, mm-hmm. and then. Uh- you're good, Steven. What's up? Uh, I was going to say, uh, um, if, I could, if I may add something, I think what's interesting about this compared to your typical slasher is um, we're just coming off the hype of Jaws that came out in, like, 1975. Yeah. So that started the whole animal horror. And I think, like, Toby Hooper, like, realized that and was like, well, why don't I try to bridge the gap here with animal horror and a slasher? And I don't think that's really been done too much. So I will props because that's kind of an interesting way to bridge the gap between two subgenres of horror. Yeah, because like I mean, you know, it, it like what what you said before, um, how we look for like the the creative kills and slashers, whereas this one is just one kill mainly, and that's the alligator. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of see what he's trying to do here. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it takes away too much. Like, I, I did enjoy the movie. Um, I'm going to come in with, like, a 7 on it. Like, it, it was enjoyable. Like everybody else has said, it's something that I'd probably watch, like, later on down the road. It's not something that I'm going to go out and buy and watch, like, every month. Um, <laughs> but, like, a year from now, if we're just sitting around and go, hey, let's throw on Eaton Live, then, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, so that gives it an average of a 7. Cool. That's fair, I think. So, Sierra, what did you want to say? Um, I think uh, when we picked these movies, I don't think I was fully aware that um, two of them were Italian horror movies, uh, and one, well, I knew one was um, T-Hoops, but uh, when when it came time to watch them, I was thinking, it's like, these movies, why, like, they don't make sense to be paired together, it's not the same genre, they're very different, but I think that the pairing of them together is really cool because you can really see the contrast and differences between Italian horror and American horror at the same time. Um, I think that American horror has a much easier time with lightheartedness and, like, making fun of itself, whereas Italians, I feel that the Italian horror movies are very serious and very, very um, gory, very mystery, Mm -hmm. you know, where um, I feel like Americans focus more on the body counts um, and, and... you know, they're not so much afraid to pick at themselves and laugh, um, which I think is great because I think either way that uh, the slasher genre is just, you know, it's a, it's a very important genre in horror, and I think it's just cool to be able to look at Italian versus American horror and compare and see the differences in the styles. Well, I think it's interesting, And the inspirations too. and the, the well, similarities. Yeah. I think know? it's interesting, too. Like, when we picked these movies, we said we wanted to do 70 slashers, and I really wanted to do pre-Halloween, mm-hmm. because Halloween's what really started the whole slasher craze. And, it, and, it, and, and it's known that, to be the first slasher movie, which is, like, obviously not, not accurate yeah. at all. <laughs> um, I mean, you do get, like, the 60s, you have Psycho, Peeping Tom, like, stuff like that, that had elements to it. But it wasn't but quite there yet. I I thought it was nice to talk, like, to look at A Bay of Blood, um, Deep Red, Eaten Alive, and kind of see where all of these slashers from, like, the slasher craze really drew inspiration from. Um, I th- And I think that it's interesting because, say, like, Friday the 13th, for example, you get elements from A Bay of Blood, like, more more the first one, the, mm-hmm. mer- the first Friday the 13th, because you have that mystery going on of, like, who's Who killing. Who done it? Yeah. But you also have, like, the lightheartedness of an American slasher. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a good job later on of blending the two. But it's interesting to see, like... It's interesting to see the ingredients before they're made into a This episode's inspiring yeah. me. I really want to look into other um, countries and see what... Like, maybe do even do an episode and pick a decade like we did today, but do three different... Like the American, you know, yeah. Italian, and like something down. else, you know. Uh, maybe that would be French, fun. You know, so that we can compare and, and just maybe not even so much dive into the reviewing of the movie, but the comparisons and differences. I think that would be a really unique thing to um, sit down and really talk about because there are huge differences. But you can see where the make the movie at the end of the day they just want to scare you, you mm-hmm. know, and and even the lighthearted, funny ones, even the super gory ones, even the ones that are just mysteries and you don't see much gore. 
The idea at the end of the day is to make you think before you go to sleep. Well, it all goes down. Should the lights be out? It's interesting because it all comes down to culture too. Mm-hmm. Like different things scare different people, mm-hmm. um, and that's all throughout the world. So yeah, and that's not that even just in movies. I mean, you have to think like um, in general in different cultures, all like folklore and well, stuff. Yeah, think about children's books in Europe. They're very, very, very violent and the children's dark, stories yeah. you know there's like a version i think it's a german version of cinderella where she cuts the back of her heel off so it would fit in the shoe like yeah the, these are the things i'm talking about which would never you know stuff like that wouldn't wouldn't fly if, as a children's book here in america but at the time the groom's fairy tales you know and stuff, yeah. stuff like that it's very dark there's a lot of um you know um tie back to to really like um uh, you know, uh, the big bad wolf and stuff like that. Like the actual idea behind it is is just dark and, and, and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think it's really interesting to, to see how different cultures take horror or books or or any stories and see how it's different. Um, and that that's definitely something that that this episode specifically has made me think about and kind of want to see more of. Yeah. So. Uh... I'd be down to do that in the future. We could take a look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, Next week, we're not releasing a normal episode, right? Yeah, so uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, thank you thank guys you for guys, listening. Yeah, thank you guys Thanks. for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're on there. Um, Instagram, Facebook, it's Horror Haven Podcast. Twitter, it's horror, horror underscore haven. Um, Find us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, wherever you guys listen to us, and leave us a review. And let us know if you're digging the show. If you guys are attending Days of the Dead in Charlotte um, uh, today, right? We're going to release it. We're releasing it the day before. So, so yeah. tomorrow, if you're going to be at Days of the Dead at Charlotte, tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, Dylan, myself, Erica, and all the wonderful people from Skeleton Rose Media, way north in Minnesota... We're going to be together there at the convention. If you guys want to meet up, hang out, chit-chat, maybe get drunk at Applebee's. Not me, but don't <laughs> worry. Hit us up. Um, drunk yeah. at Applebee's adventure. Woo! Next week. I feel like that's what we did last time. Yeah. Was it Applebee's? No. Chili's. Chili's. Chili's, yeah. We got drunk at Chili's. Uh, next week, we're... I'm not sure what we're doing. We're going to release some sort of episode. It's it probably not going to be a... It might be coverage of the convention. Oh, also, keep an eye on our Instagram because we are planning on doing live videos. Um, we're going to be hopefully starting a YouTube channel where we do maybe a vlog of some sort from the convention. Um, we got a lot going on with, with ideas with that, so I'll have my camera on me. So Yeah, rather than watch Diners, Drive-Ins, and Thives at the hotel this time, maybe we'll do something productive. But we'll probably just <laughs> probably watch Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I'm really praying. John was down for it. Yeah, he's like, I'll watch Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Like, that's your arc. But yeah, keep an eye we'll on get a bunch of alcohol and go crash in the hotel room. Keep an eye on Instagram, here. too. Maybe we'll go live while recording the episode. And if you guys have any questions or comments, you can... Yeah, you can be part of it. Be part of our fun. Yeah. If so... you can find my phone number, you can call me. <laughs> You're so creepy. <laughs> right. Have a good night, everybody. She said it. Later. Find it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.